All right, so it's like every time I look at Twitter, another reliever is going to another team. To the Jays? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, another reliever is going to another team. No, it's Blair and Barker, by the way. I just saw Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks, the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Uh, aggressive on Jordan Hicks. Uh, it is Blair and Barker for a Friday. The trade deadline approaches. Nothing on the Blue Jays trade front today. Uh, lots of trades around baseball today. John Morosi will join us in a few minutes. But uh, there is still change in the air, I guess you would say, in Toronto, or more particularly change on the lineup card. Uh, George Springer has been moved. I'm not going to say demoted. He's been moved down into the fifth spot in John Schneider's order. Whit Merrifield will lead off tonight against the Angels. Bo Bichette will hit second. It'll go Belt, Guerrero, Springer, Chapman, Varsho, Jansen, Kiermaier, Kevin Gossman on the mound against Lucas Giolito, who was just acquired by the Angels from the Chicago White Sox. Kevin, in 2023, this year, George Springer has started 93 games, all of them leading off. 2022, he made 126 starts, all of them leading off. 2021, his first year with the Blue Jays, 56 starts leading off. 14 starts hitting in the cleanup spot. Eight starts hitting fifth. The last time he hit any place, started a game, any place other than leading off for the Blue Jays, July 23rd, 2021 against the Mets. Marcus Semyon led off that game. This is um, this is a significant change. Uh, whether or not it results in curing everything that has ailed George Springer recently or cures the Jays' issues with runners and scoring position is still a significant change, isn't it? Yeah, George Springer's one for, one for 26 in his Ooh. last seven games. Whit Merrifield is 11 for his last 25 in his last seven games. We've had conversations not too long ago with John Snyder basically saying one dude's hotter than the other, and it is about winning. Baseball games. The players I, do make the lineup out for you sometimes. Absolutely, but you got to sell it. And I think the selling part is it's about winning. And there is no feelings in baseball. They're going to do whatever it takes to win a baseball game with what they got on their team. And right now, Whit Merrifield is 11 for his last 25. I have to be honest with you. I didn't think John had it in him. I mean, I know we did. We we saw him last year with Bo Bichette or when he was moving him around the order, moved him down in the order. Okay, that's one thing doing it yeah, to Bo Bichette. That's different. You know, Bo, you've managed him since he was a since he was a pup. Yeah, he didn't uh, like it. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. But Bo wasn't making wasn't in the middle of a one hundred and sixty seven million dollar contract means when a, he did means it. Means a lot. So you got to you got to have some, you know, you got to have some backbone to go to a player with that much clout and gets paid that much money, even though he is one for his last twenty six. I think it's the optics. I mean, he's 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 droopy. I mean, you could see it. Like, let's be honest. Like, he he wasn't running balls out to first on pop ups to center. Like, uh, mm-hmm. when you're doing that, and it's obvious to a manager that you're just not engaged in whatever you are. Now, let's be honest. Him moving him to the five hole. A lot of the times, dudes are on base. Dudes are in scoring position. This is the guy that's going to come up. Can he get the big hit? That's the big question. He's not a run producer. Okay, he's a dude that's going to come up that has a chance of hitting a homer leading off a game because he's used to doing that. This is a whole different animal. The only only thing I'll say about that, Kevin, is he's going to swing at one of the first two pitches and probably make contact. The chances of something happening of the ball being put in play in the middle of the order with runners on base, guys moving around, things of that nature, 
probably greater than leading off. Yeah, I don't want that. Like, I want him to get a good pitch, something he can do damage on. He's swinging at the first two pitches now. He's won for his last 26. Like, he's not – this is why they're moving him around the order is trying to find the right guy, put him in the right spot. Well, maybe, he gets more, maybe he gets more, more fastballs if there's somebody on base. Maybe – I think it gets back to that thing of putting Brandon Belt in front of Vladdy is you're trying to simplify it to where that pitcher on the mound has to come in the middle of the zone to a Vladdy, to a George Springer who is, you know, a little too over-aggressive and – that easy out thing and the way the optics look of him not running balls out and those kind of things. I get, get John credit. Like we've seen him do it. I didn't think he had it in him again. Springer's different than Bo for him to do this, this late in the season against the team that's coming in. Everybody's going to be watching. It's a big deal. Good for John. I look, this is what should be done, but it takes guts to do it. And he did it. And he's doing it more for his team than he is about the player, and this is what I said. Now it's not about feelings. It's about who's better than you, and right now it's Whit Merrifield. Let's get rid of some business here. Tonight's game will be on Apple TV, so we will be your pregame show. Uh, you can catch the game, or you can listen to the game on Sportsnet 590, the fan, as per usual. Uh, Shohei Otani is in the Angels lineup, hitting second. Uh, Lucas Giolito, as we mentioned, is starting. He was just acquired, acquired yesterday, a couple of days ago. Was it yesterday? A couple no. of days ago. Uh, so much going on today. Uh, acquired a couple of days ago from the Chicago White Sox. He will make his start today. Uh, what else did John Schneider talk about? Hyunjin Ryu will start Tuesday against the Baltimore Orioles. Chad Green has got one more outing in Florida. And if all goes according to plan, will be moved up to AAA. And I think... I think his IL stint ends later. I think it's like the 27th of August. Chad Green will be here when he's ready to be here. Absolutely. Um, so that, that's the, uh, that kind of takes care of the business, the business end of things uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays going into a, a crucial series. They've got three against the LA Angels who are chasing them for the wild card. Then the Baltimore Orioles come into town for four. And the Jays are chasing the Orioles. Then they go to Boston. And I'm not just, it's not gone well against Boston this year. Oh, and seven. I think this is the biggest, this is, this is the biggest run of the year. A, a couple of things will happen here. You, if the Jays don't take three or four from Baltimore, it ain't going to be easy. They don't take three or four from Baltimore. Then you can stick a fork in their chances of first place, such as they are. I mean, you just, you just can. Mm. Uh, and uh, boy, if, if they don't take care of business against the Boston Red Sox, I I don't know what it is about the Red Sox. I think they're going to do something at the trade deadline that just catches us all off guard. I'm more concerned about the Red Sox right now, if I'm the Jays, than I am about the Yankees, even with Judge coming back. I'm more concerned about the Red Sox because I've seen the Red Sox win World Series in years where you just kind of look at them and go, yeah, there's not a lot going on there. Look, I think if each individual on the Jays team does their job to the fullest, they'll be fine. This is John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, a few minutes ago talking about the decision to move George Springer down in the lineup. A reminder, John Schneider joins us later in the show, and he'll go into a little greater detail about George Springer. But this is the skipper just, uh, gosh, I don't know, maybe less than an hour ago. 
I mean, not ignoring what everyone's doing. You look at what Witt's doing, you know, getting on base consistently. Hopefully it's, you know, getting George up with more guys on base, um, kind of lengthening out our order a little bit, you know, protect, no, not protecting Vlad, but I think having that presence behind Vlad is a good thing. Um, and just trying to be more efficient. You know, there's, there's different ways to try to score more runs. Um, George has been arguably one of the best leadoff hitters in, in baseball his whole career. So um, just understanding that, you know, hey, this, this may be a way to kind of spark our offense a little bit and um, be a little bit more consistent. Um, so something we've been thinking about for a little bit. It's not reactionary at all. Um, and just trying, to, just trying to win, really. Yeah, it is. Look, we've heard from people that this has been talked about. I, I didn't. I wouldn't pretend to tell you how seriously it's been talked about. I, I just don't know. I, um, obviously, it's been serious. Obviously, they did it. Yeah, but I'm saying I, I don't know at what point it became it became more serious. But one know, for we, 26 would help. We've had people. I, I was thinking about this today. Uh, we've had people call up Blue Jays talk when we've been Absolutely. on. Absolutely, like two weeks ago, and we had people three weeks. I remember the it was like it was. Three weeks ago. Yep. And we had somebody say, at what point did they look at moving uh, George Springer down in the lineup? And I kind of didn't think much of it at the time because, you know, he's George Springer and he is one of the best leadoff hitters in the game right now. Or let me rephrase that. He has been one of the best leadoff hitters in the game. But I think you started to see in L.A., you started to see it really wear on George. You know, Buck Martinez talked to George. And if Buck Martinez comes on my show and says, you know what? I kind of got the impression that the booing was getting to George. Buck doesn't pull stuff like that out of his behind. And it's entire and and we saw George's body language and the, the double play uh that 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 he hit into against the Dodgers. I mean, he looked like he wanted to crawl and hide someplace in the dugout. And um so, yeah, I, I think if you're the manager, you're waiting for the right time. You've had an off day. Uh, you know, you're at home where you've actually, in recent games, you've actually hit pretty well at home if you're George Springer. And I think if you're John Schneider, that makes the move, it makes the move obvious. And, and it's also, you know what? Well, I'm going to bring John, John Morosi in uh, the, of the MLB Network. John, thanks so much for joining uh, Kevin and myself. I just want to bring you into the conversation here because – I was thinking about this, George Springer hitting fifth. That's a pretty major move for the Jays to make. But you know what? I almost think at this time of the year with the trade deadline happening, players, I think they kind of expect something to change. Don't they? Even if they may not expect that they're going to be moved around in the order. But it's a time of year where new faces are coming in, old faces are going. And maybe that kind of makes us the right time to do it too. You know, there's going to be change and this is kind of the first part of it. Well, that's a very good point, Jeff and Kevin, and thanks again for having me on the show as always. I really appreciate it. I, I do think that there's there's a certain wisdom to doing it now. You're coming off the trip, as you point out. You're back home. And I think, too, the big picture with Springer is the, the numbers for the full year, for the production for him, just haven't quite looked what you've seen from him in the past. And, and to your point, this is the time of the year when you start to, to reshuffle things to see how – the lineup looks and honestly i i would expect that this weekend uh it's against a quality opponent you'll face giolito tonight which is a fun uh, thing to see in in giolito's debut with the angels but it's a good test it's a good test for the jays to look at this club for the final weekend before 
the deadline and say, okay, what do we really need? Because this is not a perfect team. We know that, but they've played better ball, uh, really, I think, since uh, you know the, some early season struggles. They've actually, I looked this up earlier today, they've given up the fewest runs of any team in the American League this month. Hmm. They've got the fewest runs allowed this month of any AL team. That's significant at a time when the Rays have started to struggle. And so I think you, you take your opportunity here. You've got someone in Merrifield who's, who's an all-star, who has shown that he can bat in different spots. He can produce runs. He can score runs. He's already got 20 stolen bases. If you look at Merrifield and his productivity, he actually profiles quite nicely as a very good leadoff hitter. And to be honest, he probably profiles better now as a leadoff hitter than Springer does. So, mm-hmm. so make the change now and see if, if maybe batting Springer lower in the lineup, you change his mindset a little bit. He's a veteran player with still something to offer. But I, I think that we have not seen yet the best of Springer and maybe a different role will help him get there. Uh, JP, if, no, if, if the Cubs decide not to give up Cody Bellinger, who would the Jays go after? So it's a great question. I think the one guy to watch is, is Lane Thomas there with uh, with Washington. Uh, he's a righty bat, and I think when you look at the way that this lineup has come together in the outfield, you got a left-handed hitting center fielder a lot of days in Kiermaier, a lefty hitting left fielder in Varsho, who hopefully will get things going a bit more in the final couple months of the year. Uh, obviously, in right field, you've got Springer playing there now. Uh, for that reason, I, I, I think that that. Thomas is a bit, little bit of a better fit right now than than Teoscar would be if, if if Seattle all of a sudden makes him available. So I I, I think that uh, the, the Nationals have a, a good fit there. Uh, you know, Belt is someone that they've trusted a lot. Now they're batting him third tonight. Uh, I think they like the way that Belt's left-handed bat splits up Bichette and, and Vlad, and and then you really get I, I think a little bit of a nice right-left-right uh, feel there with, with obviously, Springer. And then it's mostly right-handed there at, at that point of the lineup in, in the middle part. But I, I think there's better balance there. I think you do want to maybe get one more guy that can play center if needed, can play a corner. Do you look at Ramon Laureano with, with Oakland as a possibility? Uh, but but I, I think the Jays, and this is the, the, the fortunate part for them, they're not in a position where they've got to totally remake the club. This is a team that needs a little bit more of a well-rounded roster. This is not a team that needs major surgery. They've got, I think, a really good fundamental club right now. And if you improve it with the right kind of a right-handed bat, and again, I think Thomas, to me, jumps out as much as anybody else. doesn't have to be a huge name, as you've seen before, Kevin, to make a big difference. Yeah. You know, when you look at the relievers that have gone so far, Joe Kelly uh, was just traded along with Lance Lynn to the Dodgers. Uh, for a package of players. David Robertson went from the Mets to the Miami Marlins uh, for a couple of young players. Uh, who who else have I have I missed in terms of relievers that have already been dealt? Yeah, Lopez went Lo- to Miami too, but yeah, I mean right. it's basically it's basically the group. Yeah, yeah, that 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 and and in a couple of those instances there were names that were kind of connected to the Blue Jays one way or another. Now, the Joe Kelly Lance Lynn things make sense makes sense because I've got to think that was one of those things where the White Sox said if you're going to take one of these guys, you got to take the other to give us some, you know, to, to alleviate some payroll issues and and I mean quite frankly for the Blue Jays, you don't you don't need you don't need both of those guys. Um right. You know, is it is is it still going to be easier? Do you think to add a back of the bullpen arm for this for this organization than than an everyday hitter? I I think so. I mean, I I would say that your 
first of all, the, the, the bullpen arms are always plentiful this time of year. There, there, there are always guys, and, and the price typically drops on them as you get closer to 6 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. Uh, I think it's interesting to me, because I was thinking about this earlier today, Jeff and Kevin, that, that from the left-handed standpoint, they now have two lefty relievers back there. They, they would probably tell you that they're okay with, with that left-right balance unless they, they really wanted to, to find like one more guy that brings up a, a power element or someone that, that can get lefties and righties out. I, I would mention the White Sox are the team du jour in terms of their moves. You know, check out Aaron Bummer and his uh, underlying numbers. He's been really good, better than what his ERA suggests. So I think he could be an interesting guy, depending on how they feel about Mesa Cabrera and the balance there. The Tigers, and we talked about this last year around this time, how, how Detroit had a number of guys to potentially move. And I think uh, Foley has pitched better than Lang in recent days. I would think that Foley is a guy that, that the Tigers would move for the right package. They, they've already moved some controllable relievers since Scott Harris took over. Gregory Soto was one. Joe Jimenez is another. So I would say that's, that's one direction I would look. You know, in the, in the Cardinals, too, Jordan Hicks, uh, they were trying to get him signed. It looks like, uh, per reports today, that process has slowed down a little bit. So uh, Jordan Hicks, if he's truly available, the, the Cardinals have to make some moves, guys. They, they, are, they are playing way too poorly to, uh, to not make some moves here and, and kind of lean into where they're at as, as an organization. I'd be surprised if the Pirates moved. David Bednar, you know, he was somebody that has been an all-star and, and one of the top closers in the NL. I would mention, too, though, the, the Padres. I mean, they're a team that, while, while the Cubs have trended toward being buyers or maybe holding, and the Angels have all of a sudden become buyers, the Padres have gone the opposite direction. And, you know, Josh Hader stands out to me as someone that, that could get moved. Blake Snell could get moved. I'm not really sold that Juan Soto's going to go anywhere. But I, I do think the Padres... Because they, they just came into Toronto, and sometimes there's that effect of you just had a chance to see each other, scout each other. You know, the Jays know what they've got. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if we saw a, a deal between the Padres and Jays just because A.J. Preller very rarely stands pat. And they definitely have some players that I think match up with what the Jays' needs are right now. Uh, JP, and the, the five teams in the American League East, which one in your mind needs to make the biggest move? It's a great question. You know, I, I think I'll say this. The Rays, they started out so fast. They looked like they were unbeatable. They've got, they're tied for the worst record in the American League this month. Mm-hmm. They, they have really struggled. And I think offensively, they, they've kind of lost their way a little bit. Uh, they've had to rely a lot more on Isak Paredes over at third base. They've got Yanni Diaz at first. You know, Rose Reigns sort of tapered off his production since the All-Star game. Uh, they, they need maybe some more production behind the plate. Uh, is Sal Perez an option there? They, they're the ones that I think have, have the best chance to do something real this year that need the most help. I, I think the Yankees, I, I don't think they're one player away, and, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. That they just got judged back today. That's going to really help them out a lot. But I don't look at the Yankees and say, wow, this team is so close to winning the World Series. If they get this one guy, they're there. I, I just, they, they look a little old to me. You know, Donaldson's given them very little this year. LeMahieu's been uh, inconsistent, certainly by his standards. So the Red Sox are, are getting better, but I, I don't know that they are necessarily that close either. So I, I really think it's Tampa. They, they've, Tampa's fallen behind Baltimore, and, and I, I made the point actually earlier today, I was talking to somebody about this. You know, if you looked at 
the Rays lineup, you know, forget how they've done to this point. Like I'm talking about the next two months of the season to close the year, which lineup do you trust more? Toronto's lineup or Tampa's lineup. And I really feel like I would trust Toronto's lineup more. It's, it hasn't been a perfect first four months, but I, I really believe that with the Jays, their best baseball is still ahead of them. And, and I think that uh, you, you think about that series in, in LA, that was, I think a statement type of a series for, for the Jays. This team is still really talented. And with the right small additions, I think this team is already on a trajectory to have a really solid finish of the season. JP, in your mind, the Jays, you just brought up a good point. Are they pieces away from being a contender for the World Series or just one piece in your mind? Yeah, I think pieces, pieces, because I I think that they need a reliever. I I really believe that, Kevin. And, Mm -hmm. And this is where, so if we had had this conversation, and if, if we, had, if the three of us had talked the day after the Mariners knocked them out of the playoffs last year, we would have said this team needs needs some work. They need they need some work in terms of their their bullpen. And and yet, as we speak today, how different really do we feel about their bullpen than we did when that series ended? I would say it's maybe a little bit better in a couple spots, but in general, it's not as though oh my gosh, like. When when they when they hand the lead to the pen in the seventh inning, it's game over. Mm. I, I don't I don't feel that way. Yeah. Especially given the fact that your closer, who's thrown a lot of innings the last couple of years, had a little bit of a back thing at, at the All Star game, and and that just that worries me. I, I if you are serious about getting all the way through the playoffs and getting to the World Series, it, it, it to me would not be acceptable to show up to the American League Division Series. And all of a sudden, Romano tweaks something and says, "Oh man, like we got nobody else to close the game. We're we're in trouble." I mean, that that you can't say that. You're too good of a team for that to be a problem right now. You need to get somebody else that you trust. That if Romano, again, like you have to prepare not for the totally goofy. Oh my gosh, it was a collision in the outfield. We lost two guys in the same play. Like you can't really plan for that. But if if your closer was throwing a bunch of innings tweak something on September 20th. You can't throw up your hands and say, oh, who could have seen that coming? I mean, my gosh, what the heck? No, you got to plan for that. And, and I think that's where the Jays, for all, for all their, their soundness as a team, and they're a pretty well-constructed roster. I really believe that. But, but they can do more. There's at least one roster spot in the bullpen that should be better, and I think there's at least one roster spot with the, with the everyday club that should be better too. And, and you think as well about who you're going to be facing down the stretch, you know, a big series against the Rays. You'll probably see, uh, you know, a, a, a big-time left-hander there. You, you think about different teams you might encounter down the line. You, know, you, you can't say, oh, my gosh, oh, you know, Kiermaier and, and, and Varsho, are, are we going to have them both starting against a tough lefty in September, October? They shouldn't be. I mean, there should be a plan. I mean, when you're in your, when you're in your window, do not leave those last roster spots to chance. You've got to round this thing out. And this team is too good, in my opinion, to not make a couple minor moves. Not major moves. They don't need Juan Soto. I mean, they love him, but they don't need him. Take him they need to make a couple, you know, yeah, he's a pretty good guy. <laughs> but, but they need to make a couple moves, I believe, to just make this a little bit of a balanced roster, a little more balanced. And I think they're good to go for what could be a pretty interesting October. Yeah, your, your point about the bullpen is interesting because it's not, it has not been overworked. I, the, yeah, what, what did we, we looked at it today. The Jays starting rotation has accumulated, I think, the six most innings, innings pitched. In, pitched in baseball, and they're not that far away from the league leader. And, and that's one of the things that concerns me about what I've seen from the Blue Jays' bullpen recently 
is Trevor Richards, Eric Swanson. They've looked overworked. And the fact of the matter is this this bullpen hasn't had to pitch as many innings as a lot of teams' bullpens have had to pitch. So to me, that removes that as an excuse, and that gets back to maybe the quality of stuff in the bullpen. And, and you know, we saw them go for Yenesis Cabrera, and I, I'm kind of with you. I think there's I think there's another there's another arm to bring in. Question I have for you. How much value do you think Nate Pearson has in the trade market? Because I'm absolutely mm. convinced that there is a chance that he is not with this organization come the trade deadline. I think that's an excellent point. And, you know, it, it's really interesting because he, he has shown that he's got the ability to, to get out to the major league level and still flash some pretty impressive stuff. But I also think, to your point, it's now to the point where his ultimate future might be somewhere else. He's about to turn 27 next month. He's not a kid anymore. And, and so th- this might just be a case where his best chance, his, his best opportunity to close games or, or potentially be a starter is somewhere else. And, and if I'm, for example, if I'm the Chicago White Sox, I think a really interesting trade here could be Pearson for bummer. If, if you mm-hmm. believe that, that, that Pearson is a starting pitcher and you can get Pearson for a lefty reliever, you do it. And, and certainly when he's pitched at AAA this year, he's been dominant. It's, it's interesting. I, I, I think it's, it, it seems to me to be pretty apparent that the Jays, at least in their current construction, do not trust him as a starting pitcher at the major league level. Yep. They just, they've had many opportunities to do that, and, and he has not had that chance. So, so that's not in the cards right now. But I, I do think that if, if you're a team, if you're Oakland, if you're, if you're the White Sox, if, if you're the Cardinals, the Cardinals, my goodness, they, I mean, that's, he might be a good fit for a Jordan Hicks trade. They, the Cardinals have like zero in their rotation for next year. They need to miss some more bats, and Pearson at his best can do that. So I, I think that there are some teams out there who, who have rotations that I would describe as a land of opportunity. And those are the teams that I think the Jays should be talking about regarding Pearson as a possible fit to move out. And I really think the Cardinals especially, they need to do some serious movement towards making their plans for next year. And if they can find a way to trade a reliever in Hicks and get someone, if they think that Pearson can start, Hicks for Pearson would make a lot of sense. John, we're going to let you scoot, man. Thanks for doing this as always. Thanks, buddy. Sounds great. Best best time of the year, my friend. <laughs> I, I think we, we solved at least – half of the Jays' problems, and we'll, we'll play this back, you know, in, in October if it actually sounds, sounds like it ends up being true, okay? Awesome. Yeah, that's a great If we're wrong, we will, we'll just burn the tape. But. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll lose the tape. I mean, I have no burn idea where the tape went. No, no one even uses tape anymore. We'll <laughs> delete the file is what we'll do. We're Take not going to uh, be wrong. Right. Uh, yeah. Take care, John. Man, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an old guy. I'm an old guy yeah. who uses old terminology. That's true. Let's tape. Not, Save let's, the tape. Let's not talk about old. <laughs> we'll see you. See you later. Thanks, guys. Thank you. John Morosi, the MLB Network. Um, yeah, there's uh, Kendall Graveman was the other reliever who was traded, going back to the Houston Astros, traded by the Chicago White Sox. Um, I mean, there's still names. You've heard the Cardinals, Jordan Hicks, Ryan Helsley. We know that the Jays talked to the Cardinals uh, about Ryan Helsley in the offseason. Um, Aaron Bummer, uh, a name that, that John mentions. And I think everybody's kind of on the same page here. I think we expect... right. Perfect, perfect world. The Jays get a middle of the order bat and a back of the rotate, back of the bullpen arm. 
I don't think there's a perfect world that exists out there for this team. So I think maybe what you do is you get get one or two, definitely one more quality arm for the back end of the bullpen. And then, as John said, if you can get somebody that takes them at bats away from Dalton Varsho against a lefty and doesn't kill you defensively, then maybe you, then maybe you go ahead, uh, maybe you go ahead and do that. To me, you've got a couple of positions that second base would, and and John's talked about this how valuable uh, how valuable versatility is. Like Whit Merrifield has to be in the lineup every day if he's on this team. Yep. So now you got second base slash left field as a place maybe you can play some maybe you can play some games with. But um, man, just looking at all the the relievers that moved. It certainly does seem as if there are going to be a lot of there's a fairly robust market for pitchers out there. I think some good teams are in a hurry. I, I think that there's some urgency for these teams to to make some moves and do it quickly because there's some good ones and then there's some on the bubble. Oh, that look you at would the think. Angels. The Angels made a move so they could have a guy start tonight, Lucas Giolito. I've said this time and again. Mm-hmm. I it drives me around like you and I pinpointed the Blue Jays' weaknesses two months ago. Mm-hmm. And we weren't the only ones. Nope. We've known for a long time what the weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to change in the next five days. Newsflash. That's not going to change. I'm a real big believer, man. If you have to do it early, go ahead and do it. Yeah. And if that means I got to give you yeah, a higher-grade prospect, well, that's, go I, ahead. That's what it seems like they don't want to do because if they, if they would have... Obviously, they know exactly what we know. Like, they, they have a bunch of everybody telling them that this is that and the other is that. And well, they're also hurt by the fact that they're two, two of their top prospects are pitchers that, that are hurt. That doesn't help either. <laughs> it so doesn't yeah, help either. So, yeah, m- maybe it's either they've tried, they can't, or it's they don't want to. Maybe it's a combination of a bunch of things like that. And yeah. l- look, for me, if I, if I had my pick, if I can't get Cody Bellinger, I'm shortening the game. I'm making it a high school game, and I want no-brainers. That's what I want. I want a couple of – keep the guys got – you have a couple of hybrid dudes, and then you get you a no-brainer down there, somebody that can give you the eighth inning, and then maybe you can make a serious run at it. Uh, John uh, Schneider, by the way, uh, according to Ben Nicholson-Smith, has said the Jays will go to a six-man rotation when Hyunjin Ryu comes up. They, they haven't given us the details as to who will end up pitching where and how it will settle in. But that's uh, – they do have a run of 17 games in 17 days. And we've we've talked about how important, just how much better Kevin Gossman is on. Well, rest. I wonder his, and frankly, Hyunjin Ryu, when he's healthy, is better on. Kevin's rest. velocity days, right? was a couple of miles an hour down on all of his pitches. Yeah. I'm interested to see what it looks like tonight. Oh, uh, the first thing I'm looking for tonight is velocity. is velocity. Absolutely, that's absolutely the first thing I'm looking for tonight. Tonight's game is on Apple TV. Dan Plesac will be the analyst of the game. He's one of our favorites, former Blue Jays pitcher, former former MLB pitcher. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. Significant day in Canadian baseball history. 32 years ago today, Dennis Martinez pitched a perfect game at Dodger Stadium. It was the same series in which Mark Gardner had a no-hitter broken up in the 10th inning. Yours truly covered both. Wow. Um, got a f- 
free trip to uh, Nicaragua out of it as well to uh, do a feature in Dennis Martinez. Nice. Eight years ago today, Troy Tulowitzki was acquired by Alex Anthopoulos. Oh. And uh, as we get close to the trade deadline, which is Tuesday at 6, we are now officially in what folks call hug watch mode. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on the dugout every game. If you see a player get up, stretch, go over and start hugging the manager, hugging the player, hugging his teammates. I've seen it happen several times. Uh, Name a J that would be hugging. Name one. Huh? Name a J that you would see hug in the dugout. That like team, name somebody. That team hugs every. They hug each no, other no, about you're, everything. You're, you're talking about going to a different team. Name one. I mean, I Espinal, Biggio. Oh, who would be Matt traded? Chapman. That's who what I'm be talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it could be Espinal. It could be Biggio. Nate Pearson could be hugging folks in Buffalo, wherever the hell he is right now. Jimmy uh, Garcia. Jimmy. Nobody. I. Somebody going to take Jimmy? I, I, I suppose. I mean, I'm just thinking of guys that might be traded. You know, the easiest thing to do is who are the guys that would not be hugging? Well, Bo, Vladdy, Jano, Chapman, Varsho, Springer, Kiermaier. You know, I mean. I guess you could throw Kirk in there. Not the one that wouldn't be. Yeah. That would be. That would be. Yeah. Um, so there's a few names, not a ton of names. But anyhow, I, God, I, I remember that, the uh, Tulowitzki deal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight years ago, I mean, this city was just that. That was I mean, Tulowitzki and Price. The city was just jacked. That That's a day. big deal. Oh my God! The ball, the, Tulowitzki, the, the Rogers Center was uh, was something else. Yeah. Uh, tonight's game is on Apple TV. It is, of course, here as well on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan Dan Plesac, uh is back in Toronto. He'll be the analyst for tonight's game. We're very pleased that he's got a few minutes to talk to us now. Dan, thanks so much for joining us today on Blair and Barker. Uh, It is that time of year. You've been in a bunch of clubhouses. You've been the veteran guy, the go-to guy in a bunch of those clubhouses as well. What is it? Is it that much different this time of year for those of us who haven't been through it as, as players? Yeah, it is. And I'll tell you what, what really piques your interest right now, it's the trade deadline, right? So every team in baseball the Angels kind of jumped one. Their, their starter tonight, Lucas Giolito, they acquired him and Lopez, a reliever in their bullpen, on Wednesday, and Giolito's going to start tonight. And I think there's, you know, there's always, when you have the trade deadline nearing, there's always some guys in the clubhouse that are anxious. Are they going to be on the ones out? What are they going to try to acquire? And so I think the Blue Jays, like the other 29 teams, they're all either looking to upgrade or they're looking to sell some of their players. But I think the Jays are definitely in the buyer's mode. Uh, Dan, you mentioned Giolito. Is there one thing you'd be looking for tonight? I mean, he's coming in here to be the savior. I mean, let's be honest. That's why he's coming over here is to eat innings. The innings that he does throw be really, really good. Quality start after quality start. That's what they want from him. That's why they brought him over here. Is he going to overthrow? Is he going to choke the slider off? Will the changeup be overthrown, be down the middle? What are you looking for from him tonight? Well, well, for him to be successful, he needs two things. One, he needs the changeup. The changeup for Texas fastballs. Fastball is anywhere 92 to 95, 96. He mainly around 93, 94, but his changeups are good. He'll throw in a mick, an occasional slider, but he needs to change up. That's going to be his pitch for the lefties. That's going to be a pitch that makes that 94, 95 look 97, 98. So a lot of pitchers going to start saying, Hey, I need the fastball command. The fastball sets everything else up for him. He needs to change up and he doesn't have that. He'll have a hard time going through this lineup. Hmm. 
than the Jays players that have gone in the clubhouse today. They would have seen Springer hitting fifth, Witt leading off. Um, anything Does that resonate no, throughout the clubhouse? No, it was just, I mean, it's time. Like, you guys have seen what I've watched the last couple of weeks, right? He's mm-hmm. struggling right now. And two-hit Witt, he is what he is. He's a, he's a baseball player. He has quality at bats. He grinds out at bats. I know that George Bringer brings an element of power to that leadoff spot that a lot of teams like right now. But, but his on-base is not good. He's not making contact. He had a rough road trip. And I think John Schneider and the Jays are like, okay, listen, man, we, we've got to, you know, this, this soft landing stuff. We've got to start winning games. It's, it's put up or shut up time. You've got a team in the Angels right now that the Jays are ahead of. So this is an important series. And an important stretch of games coming up for the Blue Jays the next couple of weeks. Uh, this is, it's, it's put up or shut up time. And right now I think they're going about this trying to put their best lineup up together what they feel that would be tonight, Friday night against Giolito, and that just means that Merrifield's going to be leading off. Dan, this late in the season, do you think the stat runners in scoring position, you can flip a switch as a lineup and be better at it? I I think, Kev, I think if you have the right guys, if you have the right guys get hot in the lineup, you know, and it it can be frustrating, particularly when you get in tie games when you've got that ghost runner starting off at second base or do you like to get him over the third base to potentially get him in? Listen, there are a lot of teams that have struggled with runners in scoring position. Why is that? You guys watch as much baseball as I do. Every guy's trying to, not saying every guy, but most guys, they're trying to get that A swing off. So they're swinging 1 2 0 2 2 2 like it's 2 1 3 1. Very few guys cut their swings down. That's why I like Merrifield hitting at the top of the lineup. He'll make you work, he'll grind out at bats. He's going to get more bats hitting in the leadoff spot. He may not hit as many home runs as George Springer, but I'd be really shocked if tonight he doesn't come up in a key spot with runners on base. And to me, he and Boba Shed, those are the two guys you want up when the guys are on base. Dan, uh, the Jays look like they're going to a six-man rotation when Hyun Jin Ryu gets up here on Tuesday, at least for that 17-game and 17-day stretch. that a big deal anymore for starting pitchers? No, it, it, it's, it's not a big deal. And I think what they're trying to do is appease uh, Noah, keep him in that rotation. They like what they've seen since he's come back from the minor leagues. Is he all the way back? No, he's not all the way back. But I think they look at it this way. They'd like to space it out a little bit. And, you know, there are guys that have pitched a lot of things. Gosman's in innings either, but he too could use a little bit of a break. So I think if they get on, listen, if you have six guys that you could run out there, you feel confident in one, it takes the pressure off the other guys in rotation. And hopefully it takes some steam out of the middle part of that bullpen, which has been overworked and showing signs of fatigue lately. Yeah. You talk about the bullpen. Eric Swanson is a fastball split finger guy. Split fingers this time of the year are, I would assume moody. I've never thrown one people I've talked to. You got to grip it right. The velocity on the fastball has to be good. That way you can get away with some bad ones. He's not getting away with the bad ones concerned this time of the year with him. Uh, No, you know, you know what I'm concerned, Kev more about that game in LA the other night, he threw nine fastballs, eight of them for balls. So it's almost like he's afraid to throw the fastball over for a strike. So he wants to go to that off-speed pitch, that split changeup that he throws. Mm-hmm. Listen, the fastball sets up a split changeup. He doesn't have to throw a lot of them, but he needs to throw enough of them to get strike one or get back to an account, into an account. And he wasn't able to do that. And I think Dodger Stadium, he also may be showing a little signs of fatigue going into the all-star break. He needs to start locating the fastball better. That'll set up that off-speed. Makes sense. Last question before he let you run. We talked about the Angels. Are you uh, surprised they're hanging on to Shohei? No, not at all. Why? You know what? You know what? I, I'm glad they did. I'll tell you why I'm glad they did. Everybody in baseball now, they want to tear everything down, right? They want to just die, get rid of it. We're out of it. You know what? They're the, they're the angels. That's like the Blue Jays. If I'm a Blue Jays fan, I don't want to see the Blue Jays tear it down if they were the same spot the angels were in. Listen, the Royals can get away with it. The Reds can get away with it. The Pirates can get away with it. 
major market, big market teams, it's a tough sell in Anaheim and Toronto. Say, hey, we're going to punt with two minutes left in the season. You've already got the greatest player we've ever seen in the last 100 years of baseball. I applaud them for hanging on and trying to win because the easiest thing to do would be to follow the crowd and blow it up and build for the future. And most of the time, yes, the Cubs and the Astros have proven that it works. But there's a lot of teams that they've been rebuilding, and they've been rebuilding for 20 years. Okay, Dan, if you're if you're Kevin Gosman tonight facing Otani in the first inning, how do you get him out? Uh, fastballs down and away, split fingers. Try to stay out of there. Show the fastball for show inside. Try to get him out with that split finger away. Hmm. I wonder if it'll be that easy for Kevin Gosman tonight. No, it's, no, it's, no, it's never that easy. <laughs> it's easy to say that. I'm going to be wearing makeup sitting in behind a camera, so it's easy when you're doing that. <laughs> Dan, thanks so much for doing this, man. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you're the best. Thanks. Go Jays. Okay. <laughs> Take care. That's Dan Fleasak. <laughs> He'll be in the booth tonight for uh, Apple TV. Uh, Apple TV Plus, I should say, uh, for tonight's game between the uh, Angels and the Jays. Uh, a reminder that you can hear that game on Sportsnet 590. The fan, uh, the, uh, what was I looking for? I was looking for the pitching matchups for uh, this series tomorrow, which it being a Saturday, uh, is a uh, 4.07 start. It'll be Reed Detmers against Alec Manoa. Sunday will be Jose Barrios against Tyler Anderson. Um, and then the Jays will welcome, I guess, if you want to call it welcome. Jays will uh, welcome the Baltimore. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. You said three out of four. Right now, it's it's the offense's time. The rotation is going to most of the time give them a chance. Like, we've seen it enough. They're going to figure it out. The pin, they'll piece it together. The pockets, they'll be good enough with the coaches and lining them up and doing all this stuff. Who can get it down, get it singing enough? That's the thing, right? Who's going to step up? And maybe maybe John's right here by mixing up the order, mixing up the lineup, getting some dudes on base, putting some pressure. Remember, Witt likes to steal bases too. Somebody starts paying attention to him, may get Bo hot again, starting to hit more home runs, this kind of thing, score more runs that way. Yeah, I think I said 407 Saturday. 307 will be the first pitch Saturday at uh, the Rogers Center. John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, will join us in a few minutes. Uh, the back leg line is open, 416-413-3959. Questions, comments? Hell, we'll take some trade rumors right now. Tell, tell us a trade you'd like, to, you'd like to see the Jays make. 416-413-3959, uh, the back leg line. Uh, it's time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game, Mr. Mark Boffo. Hey, guys. We got you. Oh, okay. You got me? <laughs> yeah. Loud and clear, bud. Yeah. All right. I would have so said, something, about I said it. something smartass if we didn't, so don't worry. <laughs> George Springer, down to fifth in the order. How do we think he's going to do tonight at the plate? Bet Rivers over under one and a half total bases for Mr. Springer. Is he going over or under that total? I'm going over. Hit in uh, seven of his eight games at home. Seven of his eight last games at home. Uh, seven of his last eight games. Not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a couple of two-hit games in there. He's hit a couple of doubles. Uh, he has a home run. Listen, we we talked a lot in recent days about how much this is a better team at home uh, than it is on the road. Certainly in terms of pitching. But George Springer just seems to be. He seems to be more comfortable at the Rogers Center. So. 
you know, when, when the move was made, my first reaction is, okay, there's going to be a lot of spotlight in George Springer here, but uh, I got a, I got a good feeling that, that he will, uh, he will hit the over in this one. One and a half. I mean, I got a good feeling yeah, that sounds he's like going to come up with an extra Sounds base like here. you're saying he doesn't get booed at home. That's basically what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah for me, be part of it. for me, I'm taking the over. He's due. He's over three this year off of Lucas Giolito in his career is three for 12. He's one for his last 26. We've, Right. We've said that. That's a big deal, right? The the optics of that just doesn't look good. And here's the stats I know you'll love. He leads the team in home runs on Friday with four. He's tied for the team lead in doubles on Friday with seven. He's second on the team in total bases at home with 82. He's due. I'm taking the over. He's due and it's Friday is basically what you're telling me. Yeah. Sometimes some people would call that begging, but maybe that's why maybe. John Schneider made the move. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's begging. Maybe one of the khakis said, uh, John, this is not a khaki move. <laughs> this is a one dude's 11 for his last 25. One dude's one for his last 26. I know, I know. We're, we're in a big part of the schedule. Let's put the hot guy up front. Let's move this not so hot guy down a little bit. It's don't Whit, overthink it. Whit, Whit Merrifield is actually, yeah, you know, maybe need to mention this a little more. He's sixth in the American League in average, two ninety nine. Um, he's got one hundred and three hits. Bo Bichette obviously leads the team with one hundred and thirty seven. He's got one hundred and three hits. Uh, he's reached base safely in sixteen of his last. I mean, the numbers are 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 just. Yeah, the numbers slap you in the face. He's reached base safely in 16 of his last 17 contests with a plate appearance. He's at 373 as well. It's 27 multi-hit games, nine of those in July. That's tied for second in the AL. Uh, Masataka Yoshida has 11. Yeah, it, it's almost like the we've talked about, ah, Witt's been really good. Witt's been really good. Witt's been really, Witt's been really, really, really good this month. Yeah, he's getting to the point where it's going to be tough to let him go. That that little agreement that you have in the off, what is it, eighteen or nineteen million dollars, whatever it yeah. is. I mean, I know it depends on how the season goes. I and mean, what maybe you, need to you do can... in the off season. I mean, two hits from a right-handed hitter who can play second every day don't grow on trees. I mean, eighteen million is eighteen million. It is what it is. But how can you find two? You're getting two hits every day. A dude that you can hit fifth, sixth, and first, and ninth, and can steal you thirty yeah. bases. Like it's. I'm not saying you do it, but he's getting to the point where the at-bats will, they're basically speaking for themselves. And and the thing is, with Whit Merrifield, this is what he used to be as well. It's not like this is just, oh, my God, it's never going to happen again. Well, you don't know because this is what younger Whit Merrifield, that's how he got the name to hit Whit. He's been so good, he kicked a $150 million man out of the leadoff spot. Well, that's pretty good. That's really what's said. Uh, that was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. That's really well said. That's essentially what he did, too. Absolutely. I'm better than you right now. Go to the five hole. Five hole's no joke, though. I've hit in the five hole. Like, those are, that's a run-producing position oh. in the order. You're going to come up with lots of traffic, and most of the time you're going to come up with lots of traffic with two outs. I wonder you're if maybe... You're going to zone up. Is there also, some close pitches. Is there also... that? It's a great point about two outs. Oh, it's no question. No, it's a, it's, I've hit that spot. It's tough. 
And that's how that's how pitchers lose money is to give up runs with two outs. That's how they lose money. They're going to zone up. That's when you're getting your weakness down and away. You're going to get that till you get tired of getting it. It's up to him now. He knows what he's getting. It. He knows when he's getting it. It's up to him now to be better to not get it so often to where he can force the pitcher to throw one down the middle. They're not robots. Sooner than later, they're going to throw him one down the middle. And all those numbers that I mentioned jokingly on Fridays Mm. and at the total bases at home, he's a better player at home. I joked and said maybe it's because he's not getting booed. There might be something to that, but you got to force it a little bit and actually take a close one to get one down the middle. And when he does, he's a good hitter. When he doesn't, he looks more like that one for 26 guy. <laughs> Jay's batters are third in the AL in home average, third in home OBP, sixth in home OPS, eighth in home slugging. They don't hit a ton of home runs. They don't pitching drive in a ton of runs. Is, pitching so, staff is worst uh, is first among MLB, MLB teams with home ERA first among AL clubs of the two nineteen. Home opponents average. I just keep wondering. Like, they're 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 twenty seven and twenty eight home. How can they not better? Yeah, they like get a bu- they get a bunch of hits with nobody on yeah, second. That's that's what that's what it is. I mean, say it like it is. That that you look at those stats, and then what you didn't read is they don't hit homers. They don't drive in runs at home. Like you, <laughs> because when it's runners in scoring position for whatever reason, the approach goes out the window for the dudes. That matter the most. And this is what John is trying to do. He's trying to force it now. He's trying to force action from the dude that's standing on the mound for the other team to force him to throw a ball down the middle to somebody that, quite frankly, has a tough time of getting a ball down the middle. So he's trying to force it now, which whatever you think of John, you got to give him credit for this. Absolutely. Give him a ton of credit. Absolutely. Give him a ton of credit for this. Moving Bo down in the lineup. Initially, when he took over as manager, was a big call. Um, Bo responded in September, and uh, let's see if uh, let's I see if George. Springer I ain't trying to hurt in. your feelings. It's about winning. I'm trying to win games. Exactly. Speaking of John Schneider, he is manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. He joins us next. It's Blair and Barker for a Friday on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet.